Comics in Motion is thrilled to be partnering with Humble to become Humble Partners. If you follow the link in the show notes, you'll be taken to Humble Bundle where you can get some access to some amazing stuff. Digital comics, digital books, video games, coding manuals. The amount of stuff that you can get there is obscene. Plus, you get it at a ridiculous discount. So here's what you need to do. Click that link, go to Humble Bundle. Not only are you going to get great stuff at a great deal, but you're also going to support a charity and you're going to help Comics in Motion keep the lights on. So click the link, go to Humble Bundle, get yourself some amazing stuff. Thanks. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet you. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Cat. I am inevitable. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps. My co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, remember, remember the 5th of November. (laughs) What is it that we are going to review this week? (laughs) Well, Dave, we're going for the 2006 movie V for Vendetta starring Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman. What do you remember about this one, Chris? Well, funny enough, Dave, when we said we were going to do it, I was thinking, I've seen this movie. I've definitely seen it once. You know, I've never seen it again. And when I started watching it, I've not seen this ever. Not even. I don't even know what movie I thought this was, but it wasn't this at all. And also, oh. how the hell... This passed me by, I do not know. Because I, you know, I don't want to reveal myself too much. Um, but I genuinely think this is my sort of movie. And I like Hugo Weaving as, you know, Agent Smith in The Matrix. I know he was the bad guy and he was good in Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. But I didn't even twig it was him until about halfway through and I just blimped on a bit of Wikipedia. So, yeah, I... I have no recollection of this day. Very apt for the time of year, because obviously with the calendar, that's perfect. We've had Halloween, now it's bonfire night and all that. Brilliant. So honestly, I've got nothing to say about this, sadly, because I've never seen it. Yeah, that's interesting. That I, th- I thought you would have seen this one, because I, I remember it being quite a thing at the time. You know, and I, and I just, I, I assumed you, you would have seen this one. Now, I actually, I wanted to time it, you know, to coincide with being close to uh, November the 5th, obviously we had our Halloween week last week, didn't we? We did Hellboy for comics, we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre for VHS, and, um, you know, we're going to release the day before. So it'll be, this will drop on November the 20, uh, sorry, no, forget all that. It will release on Guy Fawkes Day, November the 5th, Chris, Yes. if I look at the uh, calendar correctly fucking on fire today I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just go back to bed and start again um so so yeah um now growing up chris bonfire night was big for us wasn't it 
You know, it, it was huge. And Halloween was always like the preamble to, to Guy Fawkes Night. Whereas over the last, I would say, probably 10 years, Halloween's just got bigger and bigger. And Bonfire Night's kind of fallen away a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah. You said this, didn't you, when we were talking, Dave, previously about Halloween and... I think you're right. Halloween has just overtaken everything. It's become so Americanized, and that, that's not in a bad way to any of our American listeners. But a lot of the things in the UK now, where they're adopting, you know, we've got the proms, haven't we, at the school, which we've mentioned previously. Then you've going down this route. Bonfire night is nothing now, Dave. All bonfire night now for me is all the annoying little shits near where I live doing it now. Fucking nowhere near bonfire night, and then they do it afterwards. The bell ends, and just fucking lobbing them at each other and that. But nobody, <laughs> I mean, especially this year, nobody's going to be doing bonfires or anything. And bonfires were great. I mean, you used to get them, didn't you? And near us, people are just all of a sudden, someone just start creating a bonfire in the middle of the park, and everyone was yeah. throwing the fucking sofas on there. Yeah. Everyone was fucking or <laughs> the hospital and everything. You know, all the don't don't you know? Uh, sofas used to go up terribly, didn't they? Years ago, and they'd be like, they'd just be shit piled up there and be a bonfire fire but whereas now there used to be a controlled one there mate like is your cricket ground but they don't even do that now dave that's not been on for a few years so uh, it's a bit sad really we get the odd display at the local shopping center the traffic center i can see it from my house but it's nothing like it used to be this is sad yeah and growing up you know we were definitely it was drummed into us wasn't it that guy fawkes this despicable human being you know and he, he tried to blow up the houses of parliament Got to tell you, Chris, I don't think he's that bad. No, no. And we did, you're right, we grew up, it was a whole thing, wasn't it, in history. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll keep my political powder dry because um, I'm sure it's, it's kind of unavoidable that we'll get onto it in this. But, you know, like I say, the reason we wanted to time this was to coincide with the 5th of November. But at this point, you know, in 2020, we're just about to go into the uh, American elections at the time of recording, aren't we? Yeah. Do we, do we even know when the results come out? I've got a feeling we might know who the president of the US is for the next four years after it, this. It, we will do, Dave, because by the time this goes out, I think the second is when – in it the second? No, it's not. Sorry. It's, it's the sixth and seventh, I think, when they vote like we overnight in the UK. So I think oh, by the, okay. after this is released, we will literally just know who is going to win. Um, okay. As I said, Dave, to some of our friends, it's like, <laughs> do a quote this one, Dave, but anyway, this is probably me a VHS quote, but it's like having two <laughs> blokes lined up to fuck your missus. And you have to pick which one's got the smallest cock, Dave. And that's what it feels like, I think, for our American friends. But a great analogy, Chris. But that's the only way I can describe what's going on to our good friends over in America. I think John Hammond will be pulling that one out as a Chris quote for the DVD cover. The wrong podcast, Dave. We're not on the VHS yet. No. I think, so for me, I, I really like this movie at the start. But honestly, Chris, I I didn't love it, and I and I felt like I should have loved it. Now this is based on a, you know, you've heard me speak lots of times gushingly about Alan Moore before, and this was all before he wrote Watchmen, mm-hmm. and uh, David Lloyd was the the actual artist there, and I think is hugely underrated as to to the heavy lifting that he does in the in the graphic novel. 
at the time of watching this movie, though, I, I just I didn't love it because it was so. To me, it was quite far fetched. Not in terms of what V was, you know, because he's a little bit Deadpool, isn't he? You know, yeah, a bit bit superhuman, you know, created through experiments and whatever. But the political landscape just seemed so outlandish and and just I couldn't believe it you know growing up in the 80s obviously we had still had the cold war and stuff and and you know the war and all the things that went on in that we we kind of wonder you know we, we just kind of dismiss what happened to Germany as just being well they they were just all inherently just fucking evil you know so evil Nazis they're always the baddies and you just feel comfortable in that and so you could never imagine Britain becoming this fascist state. God, I tell you, Chris, this feels more relevant to me right now watching this in 2020 than it did when I first watched it at the cinema back in 2006. Yeah. And you know what, Dave? As I've never seen this, this is probably one of the most current movies for anybody to watch because it is... Fucking 2020s total monologue, I think, Dave. This is just like so weird. You know, like a Nostradamus type thing in, in some respects, not all of it, but in some respects, what's going on in this world, in this movie. Unbelievable, Dave. Unbelievable. And, and I mean that because you, you, when we spoke about this off podcast, you were quite shocked by my response to this. But yeah, I genuinely was like, this is fucking scary. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be a re- mass revolt at some point from everybody. Yeah, and and kind of, I, I mean, you know what I think of of Moore's writing. And actually, when when this movie came out, he'd already been burned by uh, different things that had happened to his movies, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and everything. So, you know, in in term on, on the movie, it just says, you know, uh, I think it's like illustrated by David Lloyd. It, it doesn't refer to Alan Moore. He didn't want any credit for it whatsoever. Not sure he's even watched it. You know, I think he just dismisses these things and doesn't feel the need to watch it. And obviously, you know, it takes certain liberties. It is a bit different from the book. But in terms of a movie, you know, and it's just over two hours long, isn't it? Yeah. I think it does a, a pretty good job of telling its own story. Quite honestly, I could do without the kind of V and Natalie Portman kind of will they won't they kind of thing. You know, there's there seems to be a bit of a romantic hint at, at, at one point in the movie I could do without that but apart from that I think it's I think it's a pretty good ad- adaptation to be honest yeah it is Dave so Dave very good, good well teed up there my friend should we get into the review let's go I wish I wasn't afraid all the time but I am People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Those caught in violation of curfew will be prosecuted without leniency or exception. It's past curfew, you know. Gentlemen, I want this terrorist found 
And I want him to understand what terror really means. We're working on several leads. Her parents were detained when she was 12. It was like those black bags erased them from the face of the earth. You have one chance. You must tell us the whereabouts of codename V. If our own government was responsible for the deaths of 100,000 people, do you really want to know? <laughs> Those who are responsible will be held accountable. The time has come for you to live without fear. I'm ready. This country stands on the edge of oblivion. I have everything to remember why they need us. Kill him. I suddenly had this feeling that everything was connected. We're all part of it. Are we ready for it? The only verdict is vengeance. Now, Chris, we're in the year 2027. The world is in turmoil, with the United States fractured as the result of a second civil war and a pandemic of the St. Mary's virus ravaging through Europe. The United Kingdom is ruled by a Nordic supremacist and neo-fascist police state of the Norse Fire Party, helmed by all-powerful High Chancellor Adam Salter. It's a bit too close to Adam Sandler, that, isn't it? Um, You know, we have political opponents, immigrants, Jews, Muslims, atheists, homosexuals, and any other quote-unquote undesirables who are imprisoned and executed. Now, Chris, what do you make to the opening of this one? Dave, I have never been, the fact that it's set in 2027, I have never been more impressed. I already said it. (laughs) The fact that I was just sat there with my jaw on the floor like, Holy fuck. In six years' time, this could be the world we live in, pretty much. You know, the 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 turmoil, the way it's going, the police state, it's all coming around. We're, we're in tier three in the UK, which means basically you can go to work, you can go shopping, and that's pretty much it. You can go for a meal, actually, can't you, with family and friends. Uh, with, no, you can't. With your bubble, sorry. So my mine would be Sam and Jordan, and that is it. But they're trying to introduce a, st- a step four now, an actual level four to this, which basically will go back to how it was early in the year where we can't even go out. You know, you'd literally be work, get your food shopping and go home. And the way this is, Dave, I'm thinking, Jesus, this is just like, are we getting to about stage 10 before we get this? But yeah, I think it starts really well. I think the whole, uh, there's sort of like a, a Nazi over, undertone to it all, isn't there, and everything. It's, it's yeah. very similar. It's almost, I'd say what it's similar to, Dave, because I know, obviously, we've said it before about Star Wars being ripped off with the Nazis, weren't they? the stormtroopers, the Empire, and all that. This has got quite a lot of beats to a Star Wars-type movie. In that, in that respect, the us and them type, you know, good and bad. It's pretty obvious who the bad guys are and who the good guys are in this from the get-go. But then you've got V there, who is just a maniacal, absolute slasher, in he? he's, he's a proper 
uh, tough guy. You know, we don't know the full backstory, but yeah, they, I mean, at the start, obviously, Natalie Portman's about to get bloody raped by the worst. Let's be honest, Dave, the worst fucking Cockney accents again. <laughs> Why don't these American producers come and see real English people? Not these fucking Dick Van Dyke tossers who they, who they tell to put on that accent because he, he frustrates, he takes it away from me believing. That's the only bit in the film that pissed me off. It takes it away for me believing that these three rejects who have all been sort of on soap opera type TV shows, just as absolute deadbeats, are tough or are going to really hurt her. You're sort of thinking all three of you are getting taken out because that comical English accent they've got is horrendous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not great, but... um. You know, it, I think it does a good job in in terms of maybe it is a little bit comic booky, just how fucking undesirable they are. But essentially, and and I think we was it last year. I think we went through V for Vendetta as part of my book club, so we we got into a proper deep dive. But and to be honest, I should have picked it up and read it again, but I, I just haven't had time. I've well, I started going through it, but I've I've not uh, got very far through it. These are, are the fingermen, right? So this is kind of like your SS police, you know. And what what do you see across, you know, human history? If if you've got people like that, people in power, well, they fucking abuse it, you yeah. know. And again, I, I don't know if see back in back when I watched this two thousand six, you know, a lot of the dialogue probably passed me by a bit. But you know, as being a, a, a more of a family man you know, these days, I, the line that he says to Natalie Portman, because she's been caught, she's she's going out um, and it's past curfew. So these guys are out there to enforce that. And he says to her something like, if you're not the uh, sorriest arse in London by the time the sun comes up, you'll be the sorest. Yeah, I know. And I just I've... thought, you fucking absolute see you next Tuesday. This absolute abuse of power, and again, that's what makes it feel uncomfortable and not really that far away, you know? I'm not saying we will end up in this place, but it just doesn't seem that unrealistic anymore. No. And that's when we get to we get to meet V, don't we? We get to meet our character. He's obviously dressed up in, in this Jacobean outfit there. He's got this mask on, which is this interesting smile slash grimace you know which has obviously become quite iconic now isn't it uh i think you've got the the anonymous group you know a bunch of anarchists kind of latched onto that and you know he takes them all out doesn't he and uh of course uh natalie portman she's playing evie you know he's v she's evie yeah um thinks it's all just a, a bit of a you know bit of a coincidence and so you know, he ends up sort of taking her back to his place. Yeah, I don't mind Natalie Portman in this at all, Dave. I think, you know, she's not the best. Phantom Menace, stand up, please stand up. Uh, and I know, obviously, she was in four and, and all that. She's not bad in this at all. I think she plays that sort of vulnerable character as as the movie comes on, gets stronger, doesn't, doesn't she? She gets mentally stronger, if not physically. But I, th I think what the dynamic is of V is I did struggle slightly watching it at the start to understand, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Obviously, he's a good guy for saving her with the Mockney, fake Cockney guys. But 
I think as the movie goes on and he's going up against, you know, the, the government and things like that, it's very difficult. But I do agree with what you said before, Dave. The dynamic with him and Natalie Portman, I don't think that works because you can't see an emotion. I know they're trying to portray that he's in the mask. He's this sort of monster. He, you know, he has to keep the mask on, blah, blah, blah. But I don't necessarily think there's much chemistry. It's almost at the levels of Anakin Skywalker and Padme, to be honest, Dave. I don't know whether that's that's on her failing or not. She seems to have more chemistry with Stephen Fry than, than with V. You know what? I just think it's it's the the fact that it's Hugo Weaving, right? And even though we don't get to see his face, he is acting his arse off. I think you've got some really good actors in this show. You you mentioned Stephen Fry, obviously, you know, brilliant as well. I just think she's, I think she falls short a little bit. I I, I don't, I'm not fully bought into her, her acting. I, I I don't think it's great, quite honestly. No. Now, when I when I first watched this, excuse me, I didn't realize it was Hugo Weaving, so it was just just guy in a suit. Could be anyone, um, but you know, it's one of those sort of coming back to it. I, I I hadn't even realized, even even in all of these years, I hadn't realized it was Hugo Weaving, and then it's only on this rewatch I'm like, oh fucking hell! And of course, as soon as he starts speaking, it's like Mr. Anderson. Oh, sorry, Evie. <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 Mr. Anderson, that was good that day. Do that again. I like that. I love that line line in a movie. Oh, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Amazing. I think with the with the way he's moving his body, and he he wasn't the original guy cast, was he? No, he did come in and and was replaced. And I, you know what, Chris, I I did go off on a bit of a Hugo Weaving rabbit hole because I'd always thought of him as as being Australian. He's not. He's British. Yeah, yeah, he is. Born in Nigeria, wasn't he? He's born, yeah, born in Nigeria, but to British parents, and then he came over here. And one of the places he he lived in was Bedford. Oh my word, Dave! Yeah, just down the road. Well, here, where I am. So, um, so yeah, I I thought that was quite interesting. But I really, and I don't know whether it's because I'd noticed it was him as well. I I just thought his performance was brilliant. Just like say all his mannerisms and everything, and he is—he's going like over the top. But V is a bit fucking crazy, you know? yeah. And going back to your point of, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, I think it's almost—it's a bit like Rorschach, isn't it? For Watchmen, yeah. I don't think he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a bit of a—he's a bit of a right-wing fascist himself, you know. V is an anarchist, and one of the things that that someone mentioned to me when we were going through this in depth last last year it really resonated with me that V doesn't really put forward any solutions. You know, he's not saying that. Well, if we change this, we change that, we change the other. That that is what will make this better. He just knows that this is fucked up. You know, and he's he's out for revenge, obviously, for it, for his own uh, purposes as well. You know, so he goes through killing off all of these people from Lark Hill. But, but apart from that, you know, he is trying to create a bit of anarchy to mix things up. And I just think, you know, depending on your perspective, that's what makes him either good or bad. I, I tend to think of him as probably neither. He's just kind of a bit of a necessary... A necessary evil, 
you, you could say with like Judge Dredd. You think Judge Dredd's a good guy? Yeah, yeah. He's just there because yeah, he, he has to be, doesn't he? He's a fucking right wing fascist as well. He, yeah. He's pretty much like Rorschach. So I, I just think he he is necessary. And it's like, for me, it's like evolution. You know, you would think if you had a bit of anarchy in the UK, as the, as the line goes, as the song goes, um, you know, you, something that's built from that will be better than what was there before. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's what it is, Dave. You end up rooting for him. Obviously, he's the main star, but you root for him more because he's just not as bad as the people in power, that Nazi undertone that's going on. And it's an interesting concept as a film. I think I think as well, aesthetically and with the martial arts stuff, or not the martial arts, the choreography of the fighting and things like that, it works really well. It's not of its time. It's not like you could turn around and go, it's 14 years ago or whatever. We know that MMA has evolved into a lot of the Marvel movies now. I've said that to you, and we watched the Black Panther. There was a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff. Captain America does a lot of stuff like that. Uh, the, the Black Widow does as well. It's all stuff that is current, and, and it's more realistic, the fighting stuff. But I do think in this, the stuff that's there, there's nothing at any point where I'm thinking, oh, that looks a bit shit. You know, it, it does. Yeah. It feels fresh. It doesn't feel like it's a film 14 years old. And, and like you said, the fact that it's so current unintentionally uh, 14 years later he's fucking scary for me honestly i was just watching it in awe like this is ridiculous if you haven't seen it or you've not watched it for a while just watch it for that that the whole political stuff is so fucking scary it's un- untrue yeah and i think you've got this uh you've got the btn haven't you kind of a, a bbc type thing so it's yeah. a state run television network and so obviously you know you get the and he destroys the old bailey doesn't he you know and he's saying about he's saying to evie about listen for the music and she's like this guy's fucking nuts (laughs) but then you get the 1812 overture blasting out um and you know you get the old bailey blowing up and it's like oh fuck you know and he's, he's he's you know bit of a terrorist there isn't he so you know rooting for our terrorist but then the btn british television network spin it all and it was like oh yeah we were going to blow it up anyway and decided to make a bit of a show of it and everything so yeah all is great in the world over to you tom (laughs) (laughs) so it's like and i think that is what the way the media spun everything as well that was one of the things that just made me feel really fucking uncomfortable just about, you know, and, and again, can't help, but draw the parallels with, uh, across the pond there, but you know, this is essentially Fox news, isn't it? You know, and everything else that isn't Fox news is the leftist media and it's all fake news, you know, yeah. and it, it's just, Ah, all really uncomfortable viewing to be honest uncomfortable but like you said it's like fucking watching it now it it's just resonated a lot more than it ever did before for me yeah without a doubt and i think stephen fry's great in it dave he's like the talk show host in he a bit of a jerry springer i suppose or uh what's he called um Oh, he must just been take Jeremy Kyle type guy, and it's all shock jock stuff, and uh, they play on they play on the whole thing, don't they? With him, and he becomes an, like an ally of Evie as well. Yeah, so I think after he goes, so V takes Evie back to his place, and he's got all this artwork and stuff, 
you know, and he's reclaimed it all from the government because, you know, as part of this fascist government, things like artwork and that have been outlawed. And uh, so he's taken it upon himself to liberate everything there. She actually notices that, you know, when he's when he's cooking his eggs, you know, or what, whatever it was, that he's got all his burned hands and stuff, but it's quite quick. He's, you know, not happy about that. And so he, he gets the gloves back on. And he... Um, he kills Lewis Prothero, um, who's basically the mouth. So you've got this whole thing, and I can't quite remember everything, but um, you've got the mouth. So he's the guy who's speaking to everyone and, you know, basically the head of propaganda. You've got the fingermen that I mentioned. They're basically like your, your secret police, but then you've got the, the eyes and the ears. Um, I think it is, if I remember right, you know, basically all surveillance and things like that. So you've got these different organizations that make up, you know, these different parts of the government. But he ends up killing off Prothero. And Evie knows that it's him. You know, he doesn't it doesn't obviously uh um deny it at all. So and and this is all because of Prothero's links back to those experiments that were going on in Lark Hill, uh in that concentration camp. So he asks her if she can sort of help him out a bit and dresses up in this basically little girl's outfit and uh sends her off on a uh, on a um a mission if you like to try and lure this this dodgy old fucking bishop <laughs> with um uh pretending she's a young girl so i mean what what do you reckon of that whole scene chris the old fucking randy vicar well, considering, right. we, well, we've just been talking about the new Borat movie and a scene in that, and we won't go into it. And most of, and being a good Catholic boy, Dave, who used to serve mass, was an altar boy. I know plenty of stories that happened within the Catholic Church, David, and there's movies about it as well that have gone on. There's one with Mark Ruffalo, which is unbelievable, apparently. I've not watched it, but from the last couple of years, true story. That sort of stuff is just so current so bullshit i mean i'm i've been brought up a catholic and you've got all that stuff there and the fact that he just jumps on it and dave i don't even know what to say because i think if i'd been about 16 or 17 i'd be like oh yes she looks fit but as a 41 year old man i'm thinking oh no she's going to get attacked straight away and that's exactly what happened didn't she and obviously um you know the fucking priest is an absolute wanker basically and gets his uh meets his maker in the end of it but it doesn't surprise me that again again though dave so current you go six seven years in front it was a massive thing with the catholic church with this sort of stuff going on it's it's a proper nostradamus stuff this but but natalie portman she looks you know she's a good looking girl dave but I, i was quite um unsettled watching that when yeah. she's dressed like that. And you just what I mean, like not in a perverted yeah, yeah. way or anything. I was like, oh no, this isn't going to go well at all. As a, as a dad as well, I was like, no, no, I'm not liking this scene, which is good because it sets the bad guy as in the priest and that as well. You know what? I hadn't even thought of the parallel between fucking Borat 2 and, and <laughs> that scene, but you're yeah. absolutely right. It, it is fucking unsettling, isn't it? But you know, old Lilliman, the the bishop there, he he'd had links back to Larkill as well, so that's that's why V wanted him. But I mean, Evie had tried to warn him, 
and he just thought it was some sort of fucking sex role-playing game. So, uh, you know, he got his, his just desserts in the end. But obviously Evie runs off then. She runs to Gordon, you know, um, Stephen Fry's character, and she finds that he's got, you know, all these uh, outlawed things as well. You know, he's, he's even got a copy of the Quran, and she's like, well, are, are you Muslim? You know, and he's, he's like, no, you know, but it doesn't mean I can't appreciate it. Um also sees, you know, he has a lot of homoerotic photographs up there as well. So, you know, he, he did say to Evie, he said, well, if if they come in here, you know, you being here isn't really a, any more danger. I've got a lot worse things here than uh, uh, than you. So, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, he's a public celebrity, isn't he? But he's quite happy to... Um, uh, not completely tow the government line, if you like. Now, the thing is, Chris, though, when he fucking takes the piss on the TV show out of the Chancellor, and I'd forgotten some of this from the the TV show, I'm just thinking, oh, fucking hell. It's not going to go well, is it? No, and he gets a fucking good kicking, doesn't he? Natalie Portman, Evie's in his flat, and she has to try and escape, doesn't she? But she has to get captured. She thinks she's got away, doesn't she, even jumping outside? But, yeah, he gets a proper pace in Stephen Fry. And I will say, though, Dave... Very underrated actor, Stephen Fry. I did say before, but it's a shame he's not been in a lot of things. His voiceover work is synonymous with a lot of things, computer games, things like that. But he's not been in a lot of things, has he really? Not as many as he should be. No. I mean, used to love watching QI. He was doing that for years, wasn't he? I mean, I think the first thing I knew him from was Blackadder. Me too, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was always in those, wasn't he? And, uh, you know, he had a sketch show, didn't he, as well with... Um, Oh, what's his name? Hugh Laurie. House. Hugh Laurie, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think he, you know, doing this ser- more serious kind of role, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's something he should have done more of, to be honest. Yeah, it does. It, it's right. And I think as the movie goes, though, Dave, yeah, it's a two-hour movie and it's just over two hours because there's about eight minutes of um, credits at the end. I kept thinking, is there an end scene or something? You know, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think the movie moves along pretty well. I think it tells a great story, sets all the pieces together really well and then just builds it and builds it towards the end for V. And as V's going on, he's taking more risks, but he's becoming more, he's killing more people as well, isn't he? I mean... Dave, some of the scenes at the end, that iconic fight scene, I've seen that so many times, you know, where he's setting up to fight everyone. Mm-hmm. And I never twigged it was out of this movie. I just saw it as like, I've seen that picture so many times of him stood there with like about 10 people around him with pointing a gun at him. Very, very clever. Yeah, yeah. So when he's when he's got the old secret police there, um, yeah, that, that that is pretty good. But, I mean, what what do you think of the whole conditioning, though? Because, like you say, Natalie Portman, Evie, she got captured by the government and, you know, fucking had her head shaved. She's basically tortured. She's broken down. But turns out it was just V in the end. I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you make of that? Oh, is that what it, I didn't get that. It was actually yeah, V, yeah. was it? It was V. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's. I don't know what I was watching then, Dave. I didn't even twig that. Right, so that whole <laughs> thing where shaved the hair was just nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bastard, right? He deserved everything he got then, Dave. No. Well, I, <laughs> no, I think, no. I think it's an interesting one because, you know, she kind of, you know, it's almost like radicalization, isn't it? You know, it's like he properly broke her down. And if you think about it, you know, she was. 
she was this law-abiding or broadly law-abiding citizen, you know, quite scared of the government and everything. And he got her to such a place, you know, he, he was trying to see, you know, is she going to give him up or, you know, is, is she, is she ready to be the next V? That's, that's what I think he's doing there, you know, and, and can you carry on the torch? And, you know, if you're just going to, after five minutes of, of torture, if you're just going to give everything up, then you're probably not the right person. So I, I thought it was really it was really interesting. And I'll tell you what else was really interesting was just that little story that you had in the middle as well. So, you know, the thing that kept her going, the thing that kind of kept her sane was about, uh, you know, Valerie who, you know, was a lesbian and she was in prison basically because she was a lesbian, you know, a, a partner she'd been taken while she was out shopping. And then you get in all these very like Holocaust type, um, scenes you know and this in a very short amount of time you kind of empathize with this character and what she's been through because you'd seen her earlier on you know she was thrown into one of those massive pits with all the bodies and everything yeah i was just like fucking hell (laughs) again again watching it this time chris i felt almost like i was watching it for the first time again if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. I, th- I think as well, though, Dave, um, with that, I think the cinematography in this movie, it's very dark, it's very dingy, it's like in the back streets of a lot of it in London, That, but I think the cinematography is very, very good. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. There, there are a couple of bits. I, I think there's, there's one bit where V is kind of running along the rooftops kind of thing, and I, th- I thought, ooh, that jarred a little bit as being a little bit dated but most of it i, th- I think it was really really good yeah i do and, and i think as well as I mentioned about like that end fight scene but the end fight again is brilliant i mean he gets decimated he reminded me of that crappy charlie ferron movie we reviewed a few weeks ago dave when they, they get him in the room at the start and kill them all what was that one the uh the highlander ripoff old guard Old guard, yeah, it reminded me of that slightly because they just absolutely decimate V, don't they? But he doesn't yeah. go down, and then he just gets up and goes, my turn, and then he just starts yeah. throwing knives. That's the only bit that I'm saying now. I said, that's the only bit I thought was a bit bullshit is how they all stood there while he threw these knives at him. Do you know what I mean? Like the every one of them just stood there. Yeah, but I guess you've just emptied 100 bullets into him. You, you probably in a little bit of shock as well. Yeah, true, true. But yeah, that's the only bit that looks a bit on the screen, looks a bit off to me. But yeah, again, you know, V meets his maker, only from this, Dave. He takes them all out, kills them all, but ultimately he cannot survive. And he, he ends up, I mean, what's what's weird about that is obviously Evie turns up and he's on the London Underground, anyway, with this mm-hmm. whole carriage full of bombs, which is yeah. going, everyone's walking, aren't they? All the as this is happening, all the people who are radicalised have all got these masks on. They're all walking towards uh, Parliament Square, aren't they? The Houses of Parliament and the, the the Big Ben's there and all that. And they're all walking in different directions and the army are ready to take them out and they don't know what to do and it all gets called off, doesn't it? To, and ultimately, I was I know why we're doing this movie and why we're reviewing it, but ultimately, 
I wasn't expecting the Houses of Parliament to go up, Dave, and we had the whole concerto of music, didn't we, you know, playing. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. a great setting, that, really good. And everyone starts revealing the faces, and it's all the people through the movie who are watching the TV. They've all been radicalised, haven't they, and turned up yeah, to see. Yeah. So I thought that was a good little uh, switch at the end. I wasn't expecting that. I I'll, I'll just want to pick you up on something there. So, so when I'm using the word radicalised, I, I think Evie has been kind of radicalized you know and she will do anything you know to to basically fight yeah. for what she believes in i think you know when when v took over the tv channels uh, or the, you know the btn network earlier on in the in the movie i think he was saying you know who who are we blaming for the state that we're in today you know is it the actual government or is it us you know because we're all kind of comfortable with the lives that we're in now, you know, so yeah. he, it, it was almost a call to action by him. He'd been distributing all of these masks, you know, I don't know where he got the money from, but <laughs> <laughs> obviously, don't question, uh, Dave. Don't question he's on Dave. the, well, he's on the wrong side of the law, isn't he? Yeah. So, he, you know, I'm sure he could uh, liberate some cash, plenty of cash from uh, various sources. So, you know, he'd been sending all these things out. And it was basically, like I say, V was kind of that martyr, you know, to get people to wake the fuck up, stand up, and don't put up for this shit anymore. So I, I just thought that bit at the end, the fact that V obviously bites the dust, but you've got, um, you know, Evie who's radicalized, but you've got the whole, you know, weight of the people. I think again earlier in the movie, he says, you know, we shouldn't be frightened of governments. Government should government should be frightened of the people. Yeah, and and so the fact that you've got everyone stepping up there for me is just fucking brilliant. It and, is brilliant, and like you say. The Houses of Parliament going up looks fucking beautiful to me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, Dave. I know it's bad that, isn't it? But it does. Big Ben is a fucking cropper. I know they're renovating Big Ben at the moment, but they fucking take more than that to renovate that back to normal. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. That's um, gone. Yeah, that's completely gone. But no, I agree, Dave. And honestly, I was not expecting anything. I looked at the time this was running, and I'm thinking, Dave Horrocks, you bar steward. You've absolutely <laughs> done me. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It was something completely different and something that took me down a rabbit hole of thinking, this is so, you know, this is art, um, thinking to reality, and it? You know, it's it, imitating reality. It's, it was so unbelievable for me, just, just ridiculously so... Uh, close to home for every single person who's been through the pandemic and that's everybody in the world i think yeah but i think all the stuff like so whether you agree with brexit or not whether you agree with trump being president or not i just it just again it feels to me that we're never that far i just my personal opinion chris but i don't think you know as human beings we are ever too far away from fascism. Yeah. I, th I think fascism is the easiest thing to fall into when things aren't going well. Just identify some minorities. You know, if your own life's crap, just identify. Give a simple, simple answer that solves all of the complex problems that you've got in your life. And, and I just think, you know, we have to be better as a society you know, to make sure that stuff that happened in the in the 30s and 40s in Germany just never, ever happens again. And I think this 
this movie is hugely underrated. I don't quite know why it doesn't get the kudos that it does. Um, maybe again, if they made a push for it again now, you know, again, the, the fact that it is more relevant. Because again, I, I watched this at the movies and, I, I, you know, it didn't resonate with me quite as much as it did, uh, you know, on this rewatch. So, yeah, I, I thought it was um great ending, you know, because it wasn't particularly heroic. You know, V's, you know, he's given his own life for this and you don't know what happens next. You know, the Chancellor's been killed, but it's this whole organization. It's this whole party. It's this whole system. So, we never get to find out what happens after that, you know, but I, I think it it's perfect to end it in that way. Yeah, I do. So should we get to our review scores, Dave? Yep, let's go. Now, Chris, as it was your first time watching, I'm really intrigued to know what you kind of, how you're going to wrap this one up. Yeah, uh, honestly, Dave, I, I was genuinely surprised. I've said it a couple of times. I just thought oh, it's going to be a waste of time. This it'd be another review under the clock. You know, one of these ones where and you've done. We both do it. These films where you're like, oh my god, he's done me. And it wasn't one you were trying to do. Move. It was something so relevant to this time of year. I was thinking, oh, I don't know what to think. And I honestly, really enjoyed it. I think V is. Not necessarily a redeemable character, but he's, he's somebody who you're rooting for because he's sort of like not as bad as the government and the chancellor and all his cronies. He, he is the sort of ally to their sort of Hitler-type Nazi um, ruling world. I think the cinematography is good. I think it, it shows a really good sort of dark, dingy side to London. Obviously, the Dick Van Dyke stuff is ridiculous as usual, but... <laughs> I can forgive it, but there's some great acting in this. And Hugo Weaving is so good using just his body for a lot of the things. However, I think it's more Natalie Portman's side of it, Dave. There's just no chemistry. I've not seen anybody she's had any chemistry with at all. Um, but no, great film. I would have watched it again, probably. It's not something I'm going to go out and seek out. However, it's something I'd definitely be recommending to people within my circle that I, I fully enjoyed it. So I kept thinking, where am I going to put it? Where am I going to put it? I think I'm going to put it in the middle, Dave. I think there's just a couple of things. I lost track of that with Natalie Portman at all. I don't probably been my fault, not necessarily the movie. I didn't realise it was V who was manipulating her and torturing her. But I think as a, a movie itself, it's great and more apt than anything at this time of the of the world or this time of the year or whatever. So I'm going to put it a Hall of Justice, Dave. Very good. Now, I think if you'd have asked me beforehand, where do I think I'm going to put this? I think it would have been Hall of Justice as well. I think, you know, at the time I was expecting this kind of comic book adaptation and, you know, uh, this kind of semi like action film kind of thing. You've got this larger than life uh, protagonist. You know, one of the characters that we, we haven't really spoken about is the inspector, Inspector Finch. And actually, he spends a lot more time, you know, helping us along the story of what, you know, solving the investigation of what's actually happened. And it's him who's kind of come to that realization, isn't it, with with us, the audience, that it was actually the, the government 
who you know had released this virus and what have you and it was a way to kind of control the masses it, it was a way to get themselves in power to strip away any kind of parliamentary proper parliamentary system you end up with this chancellor who's got all the power mm-hmm. so I, I just think that i i think it's aged a lot better than i thought it it would have done and like i say in 2006 this felt like it was quite far away in 2020 doesn't feel so far away (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just depressing hopefully we can course correct and uh, avoid this kind of alternative universe that we're seeing here i do think there are some fantastic performances i actually think inspector finch the, the acting performance he gives i think is quite good but hugo weaving is acting his arse off he is just absolutely brilliant in this and and um i i haven't looked up you know in my little rabbit hole of looking up at stuff about hugo weaving i haven't actually seen whether he's uh written off this movie along with most of the other things that he seems to appear in he seems to have a habit of starring in something and then shitting all over it doesn't he bit not not (laughs) unlike alan moore to be honest (laughs) yeah um so i I just think he is fantastic in this and and uh it, it really is a masterclass of how to act when no one can actually see your face and so i think for me i it's aged better than I thought it would have done, and I'm going to stick it in Atlantis. I, I, I think, like you, I'm not going to rush back to watch it because it is bloody <laughs> – it's a bit depressing to actually watch. But I think you're going to get more and more bits. You're going to pick up on more of the things that are going on. And, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely be watching this again, if not, you know – before then definitely before november the 5th next year oh, good stuff there that's really good and as always guys you know if you did like the review or if you didn't like the review or the, any comments on the movie especially with what we've said the political undertones of it, it sounds like i'm very professional there david um, <laughs> but um get in contact with us as always on twitter at comics in motion p on email, the comics in motion podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, genuinely, Dave, surprised by how this one went, but really, really enjoyed it, mate. I have a really good choice by you. Awesome. Now, this one, this next movie that we're going to review next week, uh, didn't have too big a, a fanfare. It's not, not a very well known kind of graphic novel, but um, it's going to be The Kitchen. And then we'll get back into our. Uh, we'll start thinking about our seasonal kind of uh, movie reviews as well, because obviously we've got things like Thanksgiving coming up, and then then of course Christmas. So, Chris, let's get into our trailer. Times change. You do what you gotta do. From kids. Most employers don't want mothers. It's a competitive market. You don't know me. For money. Survive. Now might be the time. For what? For you. Our husbands have 24 months left on their sentences. Sorry, baby. This is the Irish mob. Organized crime. We're gonna take care of you. You girls are gonna be just fine. We got no money. Can't even make the rent with what they gave me last night. They didn't want me in the family in the first place. 40 years we pay protection and we don't get nothing for it. They have been telling us forever that we are never going to do anything but have babies. Bunch of men that have forgotten what family means. So we remind them. 
pretty mama. Pretty doesn't matter, it's just a tool women use. What? Anything we want. What do you want? We are gonna have crews everywhere. I can see you got brains, and I know you got money. But we got one thing that you don't. We got criminals. I told you we can't go around working for a bunch of women. You are not smarter than me. I will wipe you off the face of the earth. I don't want you to do it. I want you to teach me how to do it. Just to be clear, now we run this neighborhood. Okay, so Dave, thank you for this week. Great choice as always. And I've not had the opportunity to do this, fellas. Can, can I let him write in, please? Great choice as always. You were saying on the VHS with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> I'd fucking stitched you up again, and it was the worst film you'd ever seen. So, <laughs> Oh, it is, Dave. It's fucking shit. But get over there, listen to our review if you can, guys. But, Dave, I'm talking about the comics in motion. You usually come up with pretty good ones. I know I get the odd one when I'll throw it out there, but Mr. Horror. All I'm going to say to you is, and I've not had a chance to say this for a while because you keep doing me over. What are you going to take us out with today, my friend? <laughs> you finally got it back onto <laughs> it, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Dagnabbit. <laughs> I guess for this one, there is really only one thing that I can finish off with. And I'll say, Chris, remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Charles Xavier, go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my friends. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jarrell! Kneel before Zod! Why so serious? What's but a smile on that face? I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. Hey. Whoa. Hey. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. 
Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, remember, remember the 5th of November. (laughs) What is it that we are going to review this week? Well, Dave, we're going for the 2006 movie V for Vendetta, starring Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman. Now, you know what, Chris? I've just realised I've read out the wrong fucking intro. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not the VHS Strikes Back at all. Oh. This is comics in motion, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Can I, hey, you know when we say we both switch off when we're talking? Yeah. I didn't even realise. <laughs> Bollocks. Oh, well, Dave. I was just looking at it. It was like 2006. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what, though? I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't always say 2006. I was waiting for you to go, Chris, this is the VHS. <laughs> so we're both uh, on yeah, it I was then. thinking, it's it's out. Surely we're way out. You know. <laughs> well, actually, we'd said, hadn't we, you know, 2005, that's where we'll draw the line. But, you know, and we've never pushed the boundaries quite that far. <laughs> I was thinking 2006. That's a bit weird, isn't it? So, guys, forget what I just said. Welcome to Comics in Motion instead. <laughs> At least it wasn't me, Dave. You, you messaged up. I love that. That was brilliant. I didn't even know he's such a great friend I am. I'm fucking away with the fairies. Don't believe me. <laughs> Welcome to The Bachelorette. <laughs> oh, my word, Chris. Well... Yeah, so we're going to be doing this V for Vendetta, 